Today is a wonderful day that we get a chance to celebrate Father's Day. Now, many of you know that Father's Day isn't as big of a deal as Mother's Day. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> All the dads like, amen, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, back in 1910 is the first official Father's Day that the United States actually had. It came two years later after Mother's Day because they saw what a success Mother's Day was. And so they began to market Father's Day just like they did Mother's Day, but it didn't catch on as well because they, the, the fathers didn't like uh, chocolate and they didn't like uh, flowers and they didn't want their, their family going out and spending money so that they could receive a gift that they didn't like. And so it was just kind of one of those situations that it just never caught on as much. But, but we still believe that we ought to, pay honor and respect to all the dads and celebrate you as a dad out there. Amen? So we thank you. We thank you for your, for your diligence. We thank you for your loyalty to your family. We thank you for all that you've done, not only for your family, but for, for, for bringing your family to church today and making sure that your, your family heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, while I look out in the, uh, the crowd today, I notice that there's a couple of couples out there that we announced as newlyweds, but they weren't there last week because they were celebrating their honeymoons. But I want Pastor Henry Natalie, there you are. Welcome back and congratulations. And there's Josh and Mariah. Congratulations, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Living the dream, fellas. Living the dream. Uh, I, I also see my dad out in our audience this morning. Hi, Dad. Um, I, I'm a better looking version than he is, but he's not too bad himself. <laughs> matter of fact, we have, he's not wearing it today, but we have identical shirts. I almost thought about calling him to wear it, but I, you couldn't tell the difference in, in that case. I, I, love, I love the heritage and the legacy that my father, my grandfather have, have left me. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is Johnny Edward Elliott IV. My son, you may have to guess it, Johnny Edward Elliott V. I have two other sons. I argued with my wife about having a sixth and the seventh. She put her foot down on the fifth. That's it. That's enough of that. Okay? But what a legacy and what a heritage that I have. And I recognize that. I, I, I really thank God for that. Last year, uh, just about a year ago, um, I, uh, my grandfather passed away. And it rocked my world. And I, every day I recall things that he's done in my life and, and wisdom that he's interjected and, and, and the leadership that he had over my dad has affected my life in such dramatic ways. And you would not believe how, um, how influential a father can be. And I thank that. I, I thank my dad for that kind of influence. And I thank my grandfather that, for that kind of influence. And, and my son doesn't quite know to thank me yet. But he will one day. <laughs> but there's, there's a whole lot of good things about my dad. My dad is always ready for a joke. 
He always has a joke. Matter of fact, there are times that I go to tell my dad a joke and I forgot that it's one that he told me. <laughs> um, he, he knows a little bit about everything. He always surprises me with the kind, of, the kind of wisdom that he has about things. Half the time I think he makes it up, but it sounds right. I don't know how to figure it out. He's a good cook, but what I appreciate him most is leading our family spiritually in connection with the Lord. Now, not everybody has a legacy like I have. Not everybody ha can celebrate a father like I have, but every one of us this morning can celebrate spiritual fathers and spiritual brothers that you have. And we have one in Pastor Brooks, and, and we have one with our board members here, and, and I certainly have members that are, uh, that mentors that are even sitting out in this congregation right now. And what a privilege and what an honor it is to be able to call you a spiritual father and a spiritual friend. That's why I'm so grateful and thankful for mentorship programs like programs that we have at Christ's Legacy, Royal Rangers and, and Girls Ministries that partner uh, young people with older people so that we can mentor them in the right way to go. And I want you to know that if, if you don't mentor your kids, somebody out there will. And so we are intentional about what we do. The other day I had the honor to um, change my wife's brakes in the garage. So I, I went to the garage and I realized this is an opportunity for me to teach my son how to change some brakes. So I brought him out there, seven years old. This is his first go round with brake changing. And we got our hands dirty and we got the brakes changed. And I took him on a drive in the neighborhood. I even let him sit in the front. Don't tell nobody, especially my wife. And <laughs> And we got a chance to drive around and see how, how we did on the brakes. And he came back in and running in, telling his mama, 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 we changed the brakes and it only took us three hours. I said, Son, if you ever retell that story, you make sure to tell everybody it only took us one hour. Because it's not supposed to take three hours to change brakes, but we had to go back and redo things. That's true. <laughs> But you see, we begin to take on the characteristic nature of our, of our fathers around us, of our mentors around us. And this morning, I want to talk to you about not just taking on the characteristics and the nature of the earthly father figures in your life, but I want to talk to us about taking on the characteristics and nature of your heavenly father. Amen? Because some of us need to take more and more of his nature on, like myself included. <laughs> See, growing up, my dad had, uh, had to say um, uh, things to me a lot of times because I got distracted. Like I get distracted everywhere I go. I mean, I'm, I, I just look around and this is like squirrel and I, I get distracted. And so my dad had to remind me about things that were going on or something that he said. As a matter of fact, now that I'm an adult with children, I hear my dad's voice coming out of my mouth. And it scares me, especially whenever I'm yelling at my kids. And one of the things I say all the time that he said to me is, don't make me tell you twice. Anybody ever heard that before? Was my dad over at your house? <laughs> 
But you know, when we study the, the scriptures, we find out that, that, um, that in theology, if something is repeated three times at least, then we can begin to build a doctrine around it that we can, we can begin to realize that this is an important point that scripture, God's word, is trying to make for us. That means that if something is repeated 1,075 times in scripture, it must be pivotal, which is exactly the number of times that it, the word of God refers to God as our father. 1,075 times. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this morning that it's not just a trivial fact. It's not just a little tidbit. It's not just a, just kind of a side note. It is central to understanding who God is, that he is not just God, the creator, God, the sustainer, God, the provider, God, the healer, God, the redeemer, but he is our God, the father. And it is pivotal, not only for our understanding, but for our salvation to understand how he engages who we are in him. And so to understand that gives us a glimpse of who he is and his character. And I want to take us to Psalm chapter 68, starting in verse 5 this morning, to read the characteristic nature of God. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. In that key scripture there. We find that King David wrote this psalm as a, as a victory lap, so to speak, over, over the enemies that he had been fighting. And he was praising and thanking God for what, he had, uh, for what God had done. But what David may not have understood fully is to understand that this is a prophetic psalm that is not only speaking about what David was going through, but what you and I will one day experience as God is the ultimate victor the ultimate champion over every life problem that we face. And I want to tell you this morning that not only is it prophetic in the future, but it is here and now in our life that you and I, when we go through problems, situations, trials, circumstances, we can run to our heavenly father because he not only makes himself available to us, but he offers himself to say, come to me, all that you're weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says, run into me, I'll be your shelter, I'll be your strong tower. He says, he says give me your burdens. Give me your anxieties because I care for you. And all of these things that beckon us to come to him, not just simply as a king or a lord or a master, but as a father that really truly cares for us. This is not seen just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. All throughout scripture, we know God as a heavenly father. And we know that He's always there for us. We can depend on him and as fathers, you and I have to understand this, is that we want to begin to take on the characteristic nature of who God is so that we can show who God is to our children. Because I, you may not have known this or heard this, but our children 
begin to understand who God is through the role of the father in the home. As they learn about who God is, they associate it with their earthly father. And that's why right now in our culture, in our time, there are so many people that struggle with understanding that a father is a good thing, or a father is a present thing, or a father is not just a disciplinarian, but a lover and a, a, one that is filled with compassion and one that is gonna help you and protect you because they themselves don't have that experience in their life. And that's why it's so important for us to draw close to God as fathers so that we can reveal that to our children and their children. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? We find out that we not only have a father that is always there ready to protect us, ready to care for us, but a father that is able to give good gifts to his children. Now, I, I, my wife would tell you that, that I need to take on this characteristic of God right here because I have been known to not be a very good gift giver. And I, I have been famous for the night before Mother's Day having to sneak off to Walmart. And let me just tell you, that is not a winning combination right there, okay? You need, guys, you gotta do better than that. And I'm trying to learn from it, I'm trying to do better. But I wanna tell you something, that our God doesn't sneak off to Walmart when you and I need something. He goes to Dillard's. No, I'm just joking. Please forgive me, Lord. Our God does better than that. He is a good gift-giving God. Many people think that they can't ask God for something because they don't feel like they've earned it. They don't feel like they've deserved it. But I have news for you. None of us have earned or deserved anything that God would give us. He, give it, he gives it to us freely because he loves us. Some people have this idea that, that we have to have this kind of spiritual credit score to qualify for levels of blessing. You got to have 620 in order just to get in the door with God. But that's not how God works. God doesn't work on credit. God's already paid your debt. You have 800 plus with him. And I want you to understand this, that no matter who you are, where you are, if you trust the Lord with your life, he calls you a son, he calls you a daughter, and you can come to him with anything, and he will meet you right where your need is. Somebody say amen, because that's good. And you could be out there saying, well, Pastor John, I, I, I don't really understand that because you see, I've prayed and I've asked God, I've begged God, I've pleaded with God, but I didn't get that miracle. I didn't get the healing. I didn't get the deliverance. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And, and God, I, when I prayed to God, I felt like he was farther away, not closer. I want you to know that, that that's a common experience. At some point, everybody's going to feel that way about God. Because the truth is, is that there are times that we ask God to do something in our lives that he just doesn't do. 
I've got four children. I've got a, a nine-year-old girl, little mama. Okay, I've got a seven-year-old boy, a two-year-old boy, 11-month-year-old boy. And they asked me for all sorts of stuff. My daughter wanted to go swimming when it was 60 degrees outside. And daddy said no. My son wanted to climb up on the ladder and jump off the roof because he thought if he jumped and then he went in straight into a roll, it would be fine. <laughs> My two-year-old, he, he is crazy. He will jump off the roof. But the other day, he saw me back in the car out of the driveway and he got mad because I wouldn't let him drive. Now, my 11-month-old, uh, I'll hold a cup of coffee in one hand and him in the other, and he gets mad because I won't give him a taste. First of all, I'm proud of that, that he wants coffee. But second of all, it'll hurt him. Each and every one of those situations, I know something that they don't. Can I tell you something? Our Heavenly Father knows something that we don't. He knows what you need even before you ask or think or imagine. As a matter of fact, He might even have something better in store for you. You might be asking the Lord just to help you here, but He wants to give you this. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you, don't carry pain. Don't carry anger towards God about not giving you what you asked for because we know that he gave us his best. He gave us his son. He didn't hold anything back from you. And when we see that and we fix our eyes on him, we'll realize that he knows and will deliver exactly what we need when we need it. You see, we're his children. We have been adopted. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 tells us that. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Abba Father. What a wonderful promise that is to us that, that we get to call him Daddy God. My dad has this running joke. He said, ever since I learned how to mow the yard, he had me so that I would cut the grass. That's the reason he had me, so I would mow the grass. And to some degree, that might have been actually true, but I, I, we, we, we connected on other things too. <laughs> but with our Heavenly Father, we're not considered slaves there's not one thing that God needs from you that he can't do himself. What he wants more than anything is love. He wants a relationship with each one of us. And that might be a foreign idea to you if you didn't have an earthly father that loved you and wanted to have a relationship with you. But I want you to know that God loves you and he wants you to call him Daddy God. See, that, that's that Arabic word that means that, that we have not only a father in a formal sense, but an intimate, loving connection to who God is, that God will meet our needs. 
whether you've known him all of your life or you make today the first day to know him. Just uh, about a week and a half ago, I was standing at our nursery about to check my children out and I was also looking forward to seeing Pastor Bobby's brand new foster children. Pastor Bobby and Dana followed God's will for their lives and, and invited four siblings into their house. They are foster parents. Uh, they've, uh, uh, they've fostered and adopted already two sets of siblings and now this is sibling uh, five, six, seven, and eight. And I was looking forward to meeting them a few Wednesday nights ago. So I was standing at that nursery counter and Pastor Bobby said, I'm here to get my kids. And all of a sudden this one young man look, comes around here and, and says, I don't know you. <laughs> and looks at Pastor Bobby is one of his foster children. I don't know you. And Pastor Bobby looked down at him and said, questioningly, you don't know me? They had a big smile on his face. This is their first day that they've met. And he looks at him a little bit and he says, are you my daddy? And Pastor Bobby got a chance to look back at him and say, yes, I'm your daddy. And that little boy said, okay. <laughs> he just walked right out of that nursery, right with him. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the kind of relationship you and I can have for God, with God. That whether you've known him all your life or you've come to know him today, you can put your full faith and trust in who he is and what his plans are for your life. You see, God has an incredible influence over us, and you and I should have influence over our children. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, tells us that God chose Abraham to be the father of his children, to lead them in a right way. And I, it is my belief that God has chosen you, each one of you dads, to be the father of your children. You see, it's... Some of us walk around thinking that you're not worthy, that you're not perfect, that you're not good enough, that you, you don't have all the right answers, but can I tell you something? You're right. You're right. But you and I know where to find the right answers. You find the right answers in God's word. You find the right answers in God's presence. We're not good enough. We don't have all the answers. We don't know how to be good dads. You can Google how to be a good dad and it'll tell you something, but how do you know that you're doing the right thing? It's because it's in his word, folks. It's in his word. So I wanna give you the top five ways that you can be a good dad today. Way number one, we should be our child's teacher. Proverbs 22, six, direct, direct your children onto the right path and when they are older, they will not leave it. That's a command for you and I this morning, dads, that we are to teach our child the difference between right and wrong. Please don't teach your child that, that truth is conditional. Please don't teach your children that, that that's their truth, not our truth. There is only one truth. That's kind of what makes it true. 
There's not multiple ways to heaven. There's not more than one way to skin a cat unless you're actually skinning cats. Bad example. Truth is truth. Teach your child what truth is. We're dads, we're to provide for, for our families. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Dads, it's your job to provide for the needs of your family. Don't think for a moment, though, that you have to be rich in order to be a good dad. Because it doesn't say always provide money. It doesn't, always, it doesn't say you got to give uh, the, the newest PlayStation. That's not a thing. Um, the, newest, the newest thing, okay? <laughs> it's changing so fast. I haven't been a youth pastor for a year. Please forgive me. It says provide for them. Provide wisdom and care and comfort and security. Yes, make a good living so that you can make sure that your kids are without need because that is, a, that is true faith. Also, good dads discipline their children. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Good dads discipline their kids. Many of us, it breaks our heart to discipline our kids. I never knew what it was, what it meant to say, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. I heard that before, I didn't believe it. I do now. But dads, it's true. If you don't discipline your children, it's like you hate them. Compassion is a characteristic of a father. Psalm 103, verse 13, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Many times as dads, we want our children to grow up and be tough and rough, especially our boys. And so when they fall and they skin a knee, we look at them and get onto them and shake it off, you'll be fine. And we, but the truth of matter is this, compassion is a, is a father thing. Do you want your kid to grow up and, and be mean? Dispassionate? I'm not saying weak, understand? but we want our, our boys and our girls to be people of compassion so they can be strong, but also able to help the hurting and the, the needy. And finally, dads, don't provoke your children. Ephesians chapter six, verse four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, rather, Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Notice it didn't just say discipline and instruction, but it's a discipline instruction that comes from God. This is not a, 
do-it-yourself discipline and instruction kind of thing. This is not a, well, this is how it was when I was a kid, and so I'm going to make it hard on you just like it was hard on me. This is a, I'm going to go to God's Word, and I'm going to learn it for myself. And then I'm, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to teach it to my kids so that regardless of how my life was, I'm going to make sure to do the right thing by them. I'm going to teach them the right way. Dads, that's our job. I want to leave you with this thought. Today we celebrate not only fathers, but our father's love. Perhaps you're here and you have a difficult relationship with your dad. One of you or you both have chosen to separate. Perhaps it's been a long time that that decision was made because of something that happened in our past. Or perhaps it's very new. Something happened very recently that has caused a, a disturbance in your relationship. And it hurts. And even though our dads have a joke for every situation and circumstance and seem at times to know the right thing to say at the right time, when it comes to expressing emotion, when it comes to trying to figure out problems in relationships, sometimes it's pretty hard, pretty difficult. But I believe today that God in one moment can bring health, healing, and redemption inside of any relationship that, you're, that is having a problem, especially between a, a father and a child, a child and a father. That's exactly what he wants to do today. That's the kind of business that our father is in, restoring relationships. And as a matter of fact, we see that unfolded right before our eyes in Luke chapter 15. When we go to Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, we find it's the parable of the lost son. It's the story where a father, very wealthy, has two boys. And the youngest comes back to the father and says, Dad, I want my inheritance now. What a insult to dad. But nevertheless, dad gives him his inheritance and the boy separates from the family and all that the father had in store for him. Every plan, every relationship was wrecked and ruined as he left for the city. And he spent all of the money on wild living. Any way that you can think of spending money in a wrong way, that's what this young man did. And after the money was gone and the friends left and hard times hit the city, the young man found himself out of the penthouse onto the streets. He was homeless. He finally found a job giving pig slop to pigs. And then he got so hungry, he started getting hungry for the slop he was feeding the pig. Now, how many of you know that's pretty low? And he started thinking to himself, if I could just 
Go back and work for my dad's business. Even his slaves, even his servants, even his employees do better than what I'm doing. I got to go back and make things right. And so the Bible tells us that the young man determined to go back and he set out for his dad. And that's where we pick up in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And watch this, folks. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Folks, I want to tell you something that before the young man even had a chance to open his mouth to apologize or make excuses or, or even to, to offer to become a servant, the father saw him and ran. This is more significant when you realize that in all of scripture, all of scripture, this is the only place in all of scripture that we ever see the representation of God in a hurry to do anything. That our God is outside time, space, and matter. Our God has the ability to, 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 to look into our future and reach into our past and do things that we can't even fathom or imagine. But in the instant where it comes to a person coming back to him, to, to coming to him and making things right, he is in a hurry and he runs to each and every one of us. I don't know what your relationship is this morning with God. But I want you to know that he is ready and he stands watching, ready to run to you if you come back to him. Would you stand with me all over this place? Heavenly Father, I ask God that you would allow your Holy Spirit to go to each one of these hearts and lives, Lord, that are here and joining us online, Lord, that you would Allow your spirit to draw them, Lord. Lord, so that a relationship can be restored to you in Jesus' name. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I, I simply want to ask you a question. You're here this morning and you feel this wooing. You feel this draw. You feel this desire to make things right with the Lord. You know that you haven't been living right but you, you don't exactly know how to make things right. Well, this morning, I just want you to simply lift up your hand and say, Pastor John, I just wanna make things right with God. I don't know how to do it, but I want to. If that's you, I believe that the Lord is willing and ready. Thank you, I see you, thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you right there. Thank you, I see you, yes. I'm looking all around. I'm looking all around. This is the most important moment. Thank you, I see you, yes. Thank you, yes, thank you, sir. Wow, so many hands lifted. Lord, you've seen each and every one of these hands lifted, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that you would come alongside of them in such a powerful way, Lord. Lord, redeem their lives in this moment, in this holy moment, Lord, that they would stand redeemed, renewed by you. Lord, that they may not know what to say. Lord, they may not know how to, how to do it. But Lord, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to work inside of them and renew them from the inside out. Lord, make things right. Forgive them of every sin. Cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Call them by name. Give them a new name, Lord Jesus, a name that is an adopted heir and co-heir with your son Christ. Lord, I pray, God, that each one of these people, Lord, would be able to walk away feeling, Lord, brand new, ready to live for you. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he did just now. Wow. Wow, thank you, Lord. Now, if you're here this morning and you're a dad, I want you, if you're with your wife or with your kids or both, or even if you're by yourself, we wanna pray a special prayer, a blessing over you, but we wanna do that in the altar area. Would you just simply just step out from all over where you're seated? Dad's in this place. Just come on down. Family, you can come with them. If you're with them, wives, children, we want to just take a moment and pray with our dads. Wow. of what fatherhood does. I call all the dads, all the wives, all the kids together because I want you to know something. Dads, you may not know how to, all the answers. You may not know how to bring change to your families. You may not know the right thing to do all the time. But I wanna encourage you with a couple of things. Number one, a relationship with God is where you have to start. Number two, you want God to speak to you, read his word. That's why it's called his word. He will, he wants to. Number three, you wanna see change happen in your life? You wanna see change happen in your family's life? The altar is where it happens. It's where it happens. Why do we call these altars altars? <laughs> it alters you. It changes who you are on the inside. When you stand up, you have something that you didn't have when you knelt down. You have a spirit inside of you that is greater in you than the world is out there. And he longs to partner with you. 
He'll give you wisdom. He'll lead you on paths of righteousness. He'll tell you what to say to that teenage son or teenage daughter when you just, you don't know what to say or do. But most importantly, most importantly, he wants you. Would you just put your hand on your father that's standing next to you, on your husband that is a father? Let's pray for these guys. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, God, for each and every one of these dads in our life. We thank you, God, for their life and their example. Lord, we thank you for their love. And Lord, at this time, Lord, we ask that your holy presence would cover them. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would baptize them. Lord, that your holy touch would be on them, Lord, so that they would have your mind, that they would know your way, that you would give them wisdom and understanding and discernment to, to be a dad and a father, Lord, in this crazy world that we live in. Father, I pray that you would give them strength. Lord, I pray that you would give them courage. I pray, God, that you would give them words to speak to their kids and their families. Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow them, Lord, to be blessed everywhere they go and allow your blessing to be on everything that they touch. I pray that you would give them favor with every eye that they come in contact with. And I pray, God, that this would be the most blessed group of men in all of Oklahoma. Lord, we give you the praise and we give you the glory and we give you the honor for what you're doing in here right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. with us at Christ's Legacy. I want to say thank you to the husbands out there, the fathers, and honestly, thank you for the moms that got the kids ready so that the fathers could come to church. That happens in my house too. We appreciate you. We love you. And we want you to be blessed on this Father's Day. Go in peace.